Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship Podcast. My name is Kevin Rognes, and I'm the Discipleship Director here at Faith Covenant Church, and I'm very thankful that you're making the time to watch this or listen to this, depending on what platform you're on. And whichever platform you are on, make sure that you subscribe to get every single episode when they come out, um, which is always on Wednesdays. So lots of great stuff going on in the podcast. Um, in a few weeks, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things as we kind of launch into our fall ministries. But today, I'm in, um, joined by Mackenzie Madsen. She is one of our members here at Faith Covenant, and uh, you've been here for a while. Yeah, I, so gosh, I'll be I'll be 30 next week. Um, and so it'll be... <laughs> You're young. You're so young. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be 30 years on um, August 28th that I have attended Faith Covenant. So August So that's like literally next week mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I know. So yeah, you've been here since you were based. Your parents went here. And yep. You've been born My grandparents here. still go here. My parents still go yep. here. And then me and Mark and yeah. our family go here now too. So um, tell us a little bit about growing up in at Faith Covenant and just like how you came to faith because her maiden name is Kegley. So if you know people in the Kegley family, that makes sense. Yeah, that's you. Um, yeah, so I grew up. I mean, I have attended faith my entire life. Um, I grew up going to, oh gosh, like faith kids, and then oh gosh, we had things like Fam Jam. I remember that one. Um, Club 56 was really cool. I remember getting, when I was a fifth grader, it was Club 56. This is well before my time here. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and then we had the Revolution, and oh gosh, it was like the, re- the Refuge, I think. Then it changed to Fusion. I was here so for many Fusion names, as So a, many as names and people. Um, but yeah, I grew up going to faith. Um, my some of my closest friends growing up were from Faith, so my best friends still were my church friends. Um, I wanted nothing more than to be here on Sundays and Wednesdays, even though half the time I was in my softball uniform. Um, my <laughs> husband knows me as the annoying softball girl. That's what he like categorized me as in high school because I was always in my softball uniform because I had come from to and from. Um, and her husband, for those of you who don't yep. know, is Mark, Mc, uh, Mark Madsen. I almost said Mark McKenzie. <laughs> Mark Madsen. And he went here as a kid too, Yep, right? his family started coming in third grade, I think. So okay. we were in the same Sunday school class in third grade. So people, Aww. when people ask how we met. That's so cute. Technically, third grade. So get your kids in Sunday school. And they'll meet the love of their lives. So. Correct. <laughs> That's always how it works, right? It is always how it works. <laughs> Never mind the kids I didn't marry from Sunday school. but No. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I ended up. My, when Mark and I got married, um, we started dating in high school, and then when we got married, we decided that um, we wanted to live in the area, we wanted to be close to our families, and so we just never left, and here we are. Yeah? Yeah. And you guys have been married how long? We have been married seven years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Mark Madsen, for those of you who don't know, is on the church council, and so he is part of the group that kind of oversees the leadership of the church, too. So he's been on the council now for... Gosh, um, since you left. Yeah. So I left, I was here at Faith Covenant for a while. And yeah, that's right. Because I was on council. And then as I was leaving it, he was coming on. So I was probably 2018, 2019, Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's been a while. (laughs) Five years? Six? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, and you both have been very active in a variety of different ways throughout. Like I remember, I remember we used to go to a small group at your apartment in Burnsville. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah, they've both been very active, and uh, your lives look very different now from when I first met you. Several because when I first met you, you were helping out with youth group, right? Yep. Because um, you were done. You weren't. Were you done with college yet? 
Yeah, I was yeah. done with college. Yep. Okay. That was my first year teaching. Okay. So you were a teacher. You were working with uh, the youth group students here at Faith. Um, at the time, you weren't yet married to Mark. But now tell us, where are you at with life right now? Uh, yeah, so... You're still teaching. Yes, I'm still That's teaching. That's the same. So I teach um, at Prairie Lake High School. Um, and then I have my four kids. Um, so I have Bella, Jackson, Zach, and Lainey um, are my four kiddos. Um, the three... We did have three kids previously, though. Um, and so they were our foster children. And then we had them for a year and a half. And now we have... Um, these four. So life looks a little different than mm -hmm. it did um, quite a few years ago. So essentially we gained four kids in 10 months is what I like to say. So that's a very zero to 100 parenting approach. Yes. You know, yeah. most people don't do it, but you know, go big or go home. Yeah. And what are the kids ages again? Um, so 11, eight, five and six months baby yeah she's super cute yes she's fresh so the first so for those of you who haven't caught on mark and Mackenzie um decided to do foster parenting mm -hmm. and they had three girls for a year and a half you said two girls and a boy oh two girls and a boy for yep. a year and a half um and then they um went back to their parents or went elsewhere yep they reunified with yep. their mother and then after that, you got another three kids that you were fostering that you're now in the process of adopting, and these are the three older ones. Yep. And then you just had one biologically. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> adopting three kids and having one uh -huh. within a year. Yeah. It just seems like a great idea. <laughs> um. <laughs> so how, how did this kind of come about? Like, how did you and Mark decide that you wanted to do the foster to adopt route? Yeah. Um, so essentially, well, since going into this i've learned foster to adopt is like a no-no phrase um gotcha just, yeah that's good to know yes <laughs> um because you shouldn't ever foster with the intent of adopting it should be always the Got idea it. of reunification um right. so you could adopt through foster care mm -hmm. but that's like um, just yes. a little slight word change um so, so foster care the intention is always that these reunify. kids will be reunited yes. at some point yes. with their parents. yep mm -hmm. um if you're not fighting for that then you probably shouldn't be in it to right. begin with yeah. Um, is what I've learned over time because mm -hmm. that's how I had, would have phrased it as well. Uh, and so Mark and I always planned on um, either fostering or adopting. We weren't really sure at some point in our lives. Um, and then we decided a few years ago that, oh gosh, three years ago now, um, just things kept like popping up. Mm -hmm. um, we had a couple of different friends that were social workers. Um, we had that would like talk about it. Um, we had a good friend that had started like her own company that directly was working with it. Um, and so I, they were having like an info night. Somebody came to church and spoke about something. And I was like, okay, I really feel, I feel called to just look and mm -hmm. like learn a little bit. Um, and so- It's always how it starts, mm -hmm. isn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, so Mark and I went to like an info night um, and we learned all these horrible statistics, right? Um, about just children that, don't that aren't either aren't adopted through foster care or just live in foster care or have horrible foster families um and we were like you know what we right now i, th I think we can do this um and so went to an after the info training kind of left and we went out to eat i um, and i vividly remember sitting at red robin and mark's <laughs> like so we're gonna do this right like this is what we're doing and i was like i can just picture him saying yes. that <laughs> and i was like yeah, I think we. I think we gotta. <laughs> I think we gotta do something. Now right? that you know this, you can't yes. not do anything yes. about it. Yes. Yep. Um, and so we 
kind of started our training. We are licensed through Bethany Christian Services. Um, we started our training there um, because we really wanted God at the center of that training as well. There are a lot of different ways to become a licensed foster parent, um, mm. but we wanted a Christian organization. And you mean licensed like through the state? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Through the state or county um, or other like private owned sure. um, companies or organizations. And so we went through all the training. Um, and then we had three placed with us. Um, and so we had those three for a year and a half. Um, and, and how old were they? Um, ironically, the same ages as <laughs> um, our current three. Um, so the same as our forever three, I guess. Um, and so they were at the time, oh gosh, eight, four, and two. Okay. So eight, four, and two. And they were siblings. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all half siblings. And so they lived with us for a year and a half. Um, and so that was a huge, huge learning curve. Obviously, I mean, just being a parent um, is hard <laughs> on top of all the trauma um, and things that kids in foster care obviously come with. Um, and so there was a little... Because even if the foster family is a safe, good place, like yes. with you and Mark, they're coming out of a situation yep. that's... Um, and unfortunately, traumatic. these three um, had been pulled from their biological mom um, and then were in some really, really bad foster homes mm. um, that definitely added to that significant trauma. Um, and so we spent a lot of time learning how to do that. Um, they were also black. And so we were learning about um, transracial parenting as well, which is mm-hmm. a huge... Um, obviously, as a middle-class white woman, I have not a clue of what it's like to be a person of color in America. And so mm-hmm. that was a huge learning curve, too, um, as we had them during COVID um, and George <laughs> Floyd. This is, that's so much all at yeah, once. Yeah, it was a lot. Yikes. Um, and wow. so we spent a lot of time learning and relearning um, how to be an effective parent mm-hmm. in a world where you really just can't, I mean, by God's grace, you just, you can't even come close. So yeah. Or with health, God's grace. Yeah, that's a lot. And so one of the things that interests me about adopting, because the three that you're fostering now and in the process to adopt, yep. um, they're also siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of what's really interesting with that, when I think of adoption, is that you're adopting kids that already have fully formed personalities. I mean, not that they won't change in the future, but like when you adopt a baby, you get to see that evolution kind of come up. When you adopt kids that are not babies, there's already a lot of development that's happened. You have to learn who they are really quickly. What's that been like? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> well, awkward at first. I feel like the older <laughs> they are, like the more awkward it is to start, right? Sure. Like um, our two-year-old, like we're like, oh, you're two. Like, yeah, yeah, like you have the fun things, but like... Okay, like it liked Paw Patrol, but like that was like the extent kind of, right? Sure. Whereas getting to know an 11, like a 10 year old, um, Bella was 10 when she moved, like being getting to know a 10 year old and like trying to figure out like, okay, what are some things we have in common, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because not that you're the exact same as your parents by any means, but like you can kind of mold your kids into like having similar interests, yes. but slightly. Yes. I'm not going to say all the time, doesn't always yes. work, right? But like I know I like, love musicals because my mom does right yeah. um, my siblings love baseball because my parents do. yes yep like it's I'm just the black sheep <laughs> yeah i was gonna say, i was gonna say i love i yeah and i play softball because my dad so like there's a million things that like i know i do because of my parents whereas like okay like 
for Bella specifically, I'm like, okay, how, what do you like <laughs> that I also like that mm. we can bond on, right? Um, and she, like, she loves makeup. And, like, I, she's like, oh, do you have this? And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like, well, I'm like, okay, that's so not you're trying it. to catch so, up on yep. the YouTube tutorials. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, or, like, I really like this or I like this. Um, and so it's hard coming trying to find like a common bond is sure. hard um it's also really really hard with just like i mean a variety of forms of attachment but like physical touch is also a really hard thing right mm-hmm. um especially with kids that have come from um hard places it's really hard to know like what is okay and what's mm-hmm. not um and kind of letting them guide it um whereas like our now five-year-old Zach is very comfortable like oh yeah we're gonna hug we're gonna do whatever and he's always been that way Mm -hmm. um and the younger they are they're more comfortable with that too right um so finding ways to form physical attachment um with an older child is really hard so like even like doing hair um or like painting nails not that clear (laughs) don't look at my nails um (laughs) they're not done or they're atrocious um but (laughs) um things like that like that are like ways to connect or like sitting side by side watching something Mm -hmm. or like all things that we had to heavy load at the beginning to form like the safe bonds that we wanted later on right well and also like you know a 10 year old versus a two-year-old has a lot more to learn about being a kid with new parents like Mm -hmm. because you know your 10 year old has more an idea of more well now an 11 year old but mm-hmm. she has more of an idea of what a mom and dad should or could be than a two-year-old does. Yes. Um, and that's been really, really hard, too, is establishing, like, this is what a family, I don't want to say supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, this is what the role of a mom is, and this is what the role of a dad is. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to unteach or unlearn some mm. of the things that they have, like, the preconceived notions that they do have of what a parent has done in the past. Um, or even just like responsibilities, right? I know like when I shared that I was pregnant with Lainey, um, there was like had some very large concerns about them having to do things mm. um, because they had to in the past. And so trying to figure out like, nope, I will like Mark and I, dad and I are in charge of Lainey. Like you don't nope. have to, if you want to help, Great. <laughs> Great. Awesome. But, like, you certainly don't have yeah. to. And I won't ever say, like, you need to do X, Y, and Z yeah. because your job is to be 11. Yeah. <laughs> we talk a lot about, like, what your jobs are. Yeah. You get to be a kid. You get yes. to do school. Yep. Your job is to try your best. Yep. And play. Yep. And, like, learning how to play. That's been a big one that we've had to, mm. like, practice. Okay, how can we play? Like, what do we do with toys and all this jazz? So. Yeah. So, and now that you're also parenting a wee infant yes um how is that i mean because that that's probably in some ways feels a little bit more natural because you're starting from the very beginning instead of jumping in part way through so what's that experience been like to add that into this whole mix yeah it's been funny um we've kind of talked like i was very nervous um before laney was born because i was like okay i've parented ages two to ten and like i know how to do two to ten I have no idea how to do infant. And like I'm not a huge baby person either, so like I've never really like tried to care. Um and so learning how to do that has been very different. Um and like we've loved being able to just like from the very beginning know like 
This is exactly what her history is. This is ex- yeah. This is it. We know we know everything. Yeah. Um, and so that's been really wonderful. It's it's so much easier. It yes. is so <laughs> much easier um, to parent a child that is yours biologically. Um, and that's not to say that like we love the other three any less because we love them mm-hmm. all the same. Um, but it presents a different set of challenges. It's just a hundred percent a different challenge, right? Yep. Uh, and so there just hasn't ever been. We haven't ever had to play the balancing act, mm, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so the difference, I would say, or like the hard part is now like, okay, like the way we do things with one child isn't the same way that we're going to do something with like X, Y, and Z. We talk a lot about how we all have different challenges. Mm-hmm. And so like your challenge, child A, is this. That's why we do it this way. Mm-hmm. Whereas you like this other child has different things. That's why we do it this way. Like we don't parent any of the four the same, yeah. um, which is a really, really hard concept. Yes. Um, for the others to understand, right? Yeah. So-and-so gets to do blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well that's not, that that's like, this is a hard thing for them. And mm-hmm. so we're doing it this way. Yeah. And what I'm, what I'm hearing too, that's really interesting is the level of intentionality that you have to have in conversation with your kids in part because they're adopted but also just because you know each kid's different and I think sometimes parents are hesitant to have those kinds of conversations with their kids of like this is why we're doing it Mm -hmm. like I know my parents they were great parents but they never sat really sat me down a whole lot and said this is why this is happening this way and you're and do you think that's you're doing that because that's kind of maybe how you're wired or um, or is it because you're adopting and so you feel like you have to be intentional? I would say 100% that way. Um, okay. Same way, like my parents, I mean, both Mark and I like can attest like our parents were, th- this is it, right? Yeah. It's my way or yes. the highway, right? <laughs> like you listen because you listen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's been a really, really hard adjustment as parents like to go with, okay, like you aren't going to listen just because that's how you were raised, mm-hmm. right? Um, because they weren't. Right. Uh, and so building kind of that trust and like explanation, like I know that if I need to give a direction and an explanation, I can get there. Mm-hmm. And um, especially with our older, it's like I need to ha- explain it. Mm-hmm. If I don't explain it, then it like the world is ending. Um, and so I have found that the intentionality of having a conversation and going through and explaining even or like even just like transitions and things like that, right? Like we are going to do this today. Mm-hmm. And this is why we're going to do this. And like it, things go so much more smoothly um, and way fewer battles than whereas if I were to say, all right, this does. <laughs> right. The just because does yeah. not work. <laughs> yeah. Totally understandable. And so on this podcast, we often talk a lot about discipleship um, and discipling mm-hmm. younger generations is a huge part of what church is designed to help families do. Um, and kind of coming back to the conversation of like having to kind of learn where each kid is at what's that like with discipling your three older kids I mean obviously you're not, right now you're just kind of keeping your youngest alive and just like feeding her and bathing yes. her and putting her to sleep she's a little too yeah. young obviously to mm-hmm. to know much but then in terms of discipling the older kids you've had to kind of figure out where they are spiritually and what's that whole journey been like yeah, so that's been really, really hard. Um, I would say 
And um, I don't want us, and I just no. want to be clear too, like, I don't want us to intrude on the privacy of the kids either. Right. So that, yeah, that's trying, why it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to. I would say for all six kiddos that we've taken into our home, um, they each have had their own experiences with what they think church is, mm. what they think Jesus is, um, and they haven't been correct. Um, <laughs> and so trying to kind of navigate where you're at, where we would love you to be, mm-hmm. um, and then just kind of being able to sit in the middle. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, let's be honest, for at first, it was if we do well at church, we can go out to eat. <laughs> So if we go to church without complaining, then we can go get canes, was our <laughs> mantra on Sundays. Hey, that works. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, I'm not above bribery. Uh, and so... I, think, <laughs> I don't think any parent no, really is. I think I think at some point every is, parent bribes yeah. in some fashion. Um, With me, it was probably books and library visits. Right. <laughs> I Like, I just... That's the way it's going to work. And so... Um, and then we are always intentional with our conversations. And mm. so when we pray as a family, like before meals and before bed, um, and it's oftentimes, um, it's oftentimes like, can I, can I pray for you? Mm. Um, and if not, then I'm gonna, I'll just pray later then for you. And so mm. it's just no, like we're constantly reminding them that it's just a part of us and it's a part of our life. Um, and sometimes they're way interested in it. We have lots of good conversations. And sometimes it's, why are we talking about Jesus again? <laughs> um, and everywhere in between. And I think, I mean, I think that's a paddle for a lot of parents. Um, yeah. But like oh, knowing, yeah. kind of trying to piece together what they've experienced before, where things are wrong mm-hmm. um, without wrecking I guess where like, things are wrong in terms of their of their understanding. Yes, okay. like their theology is yeah. <laughs> way off because they're kids yes. and because they didn't necessarily oh, have yeah. great examples of well, what churches. We celebrate Christmas because Jesus died, and I was like, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, let's go back. We've later, yes, yes. but <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. we use our is... children's Bible a lot to mm-hmm. show the pictures, and we've watched videos um, to kind of understand. Like, no, this is where we're supposed to be. Um, but just kind of trying to trying to piece together things without wrecking their image or relationship of past caregivers has been mm, hard. Interesting. Um, without saying like, oh, no, like that that wasn't <laughs> that right. That person was wrong. Ugh. Yes, yes. Um, like, yep, they can have their own thoughts and opinions, but this is what we believe or this is what we know to be true um, and kind of navigating it that way without pressuring, especially our older, our big kids. Yeah. Um, and that'll be really different with Lainey too, because again, there's no guesswork of right. what does she know spiritually? Yep. You already know. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's been with you now this yes. whole time. So oh, that like, I just, whenever I think about you guys, the, these are the questions that I'm just like, how do you process this and navigate mm-hmm. this? And then too, I'm sure there's a lot of um, dynamics with your peers, because like you said, you and Mark have been married for seven years. Yep. And you have an eleven-year-old, mm-hmm. and so you're probably showing up to events with your eleven-year-old, and most of the parents of eleven-year-olds are a lot older than you. <laughs> yeah, it's actually funny. So Bella had a sleepover the other day with one of her good friends, um, and her day. I think she, I think she might be like a product of like a second marriage or something. Sure. Um, but her dad is sixty years old. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so when we like I picked her up, I was like, hey, and he was. 
like I could there her her half brother is 31 so her, her <laughs> half brother is older than me and I'm like we're not the same <laughs> no um which that's another extreme but yeah like that's funny like going to like e- like events and like functions and yeah. Stuff. yeah like school things and I'm like oh yeah we're yeah. not we're Most not... people probably aren't guessing that you're the parent of an 11-year-old. No, no. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, we talk a lot about Younger how ones, families... We know. talk about a lot of how families look different. But yeah. yeah. Bella's always like, you're so young. And I'm like... Ugh. <laughs> you are. If you're, you're not even 30. <laughs> like, Well, not compared to what I want to be. <laughs> you, years ago, she trained for a marathon or started to anyway. <laughs> You thought it was hard. If you were, if you thought it was hard then, try it again now. <laughs> oh, I know I will never do that again. That was a dumb. Never idea. say never. Those things happen. No, I will never do it again. <laughs> Your husband did. Yes. Yes, Mark. He did. didn't train. He kind of did. He trained as much as I did. He just oh. was able to run the marathon. Right. Yeah. I just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> I ran. I ran half of it. Let's clarify. I ran yes. a couple of half marathons that summer. Yeah. Didn't yeah. do nothing. That's, yeah, no, you did a lot more than a lot of people ever try. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, one of the things, too, that um, we've I've heard a little bit about in your story is that, um, or I'm going to rephrase that, strike that, rephrase. Um, what have been some of the challenges of fostering um, parent or fostering children or the adoption process um, in terms of, like, coming into the church as, like, hi, we're a foster family now? Now we've gone from, like, no kids to three kids. I would say, um, oh, gosh, a couple of things. Um, I think it's really, really hard. Um, It's hard to parent kids from hard places when you're the only one. Mm. Um, And so, I mean, you kind of meant, I mean, I talked about, right, we talked about how, like, being a younger parent to an older child is hard because it's not hard, just different. Mm -hmm. Um. But when they're not yours biologically, obviously there are other things that come along with it. Um, and being the only one dealing with that, I think, is really, really hard. You mean the only one in a congregation or in, in any In a congregation group? or in a group of people or okay. whatever else. I mean, like, I can talk, like, my best friend Brooke and I can talk about parenting all we want. But, like, your one-year-old isn't going to have the same, like, things that I'm dealing with, sure. right? Yep. So. Um, as much as and like people can talk and whatever else all they want um, but until you're like really with people um, whether like adopted from birth or adopted later on through foster care or whatever else like until you're talking to people that have experienced it they're just not going to get it right Um, and so like I mean I even know like talking to my in-laws we went up north last week um, and they're like I see it Mm. I see what you are doing Every yeah. single minute of every day. And I'm yeah. like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's all. That's kind of like what I need, right? I, yeah. I need to be like as validated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's one of the things that like is hard with being a part of a congregation or a group of friends or whatever is just kind of like nobody else fully understanding because parenting is different. Parenting kids with special needs, very hard. Yes. Um, and when you're dealing with like all three facets at once, um, it can be really, really isolating. Hmm. Um, and so, and people say, right, oh, I'd love to babysit, but like, I probably won't call you up and say, hey, can you babysit all four of my kids? Right. Because pro- <laughs> nobody, pro- nobody probably wants to. <laughs> right. Um, and so it's a lot of, I, f- I feel like there's a lot of talk without a lot of like follow through, hmm. um, especially at 
especially the beginning of our foster care journey. I felt mm. like I had a lot of like, and I I love everybody that helped us, just to <laughs> clarify. Um, but like, I felt like I had a lot of surface level support at the beginning. Mm, okay. So like, oh, we oh we did this or we did X, Y, and Z and these are the cool Here's things. Here's a meal. Yes. Great. Awesome. Love it. But I like need this and this and this and mm-hmm. like no one is doing that yeah if that makes sense so yeah. like even just um mark and i have established a pretty good routine of like how we can get self care um <laughs> and so trying to figure Which that out every parent should have deliberate intentional routines of self-care 100 <laughs> percent. um and i would say that's multiplied if you are fostering oh yeah um, and so we have been very deliberate with our time and being able to kind of go about things a certain way. And I think we've done a much better job with these three, with our th- our four forevers than we did with our three that we fostered. Mm. Um, and so, but yeah, I think just being kind of isolated, nobody really fully understanding, trying, but like mm-hmm. kind of, it's convenient trying, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then just... Yeah, those two things. Kind of like not having necessarily the support, but I don't know. I'm just rambling now. So No, I, I get what you're saying because you need people that are there with you in the nitty gritty. Yes. And not just at the surface, not at just the beginning because mm-hmm. parenting is an ongoing challenge for yes. anyone. Yes. And we need to be there for everyone at yes. all times. And that's why church community is so important. Um where where is the uh, adoption process currently? Because I know it's not finalized. No, with um, the elder so three, we are but it's close. Yes. Um. So with the other three, we had um. They were reunified with their mother. Um. So their parental rights were never terminated. Mm-hmm. Like we, we were truly fostering. Um. Whereas these three, um, before they had moved in, their parental rights had already been terminated. Um. So we knew we are adopting them when they moved in with us. Mm-hmm. Uh. And so. The process, I mean, like, the whole start was way different looking. Sure. Um, but they, we are literally just waiting for, like, the state to give, like, the little final check. Yeah. <laughs> um, and give us a date. Mm-hmm. So, just waiting on that. Yeah. And you have no idea when uh, that's... No. Because <laughs> I know I, I, the last time I talked to you about this, it was in the it same place. The same and that place. was months ago. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. So, we're just chilling. Yeah. Just waiting. hmm Yep. Yep. And that's hard, too, I'm sure. But also, in the midst of this... You moved. <laughs> yeah. So you've done a lot in the last year, 10 months, whatever. Yeah, everybody, yeah. So. <laughs> Took in three new kids, had a kid, moved into another house. Yeah, the year 2022 <laughs> was a good, good yeah. year. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to do in 2023. Run a marathon? No, I forget. <laughs> I, maybe something fun. Go on a trip. <laughs> yeah, go on a trip. That sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, a couple of questions to kind of just wrap this up. What are the things, and you can answer this however, answer one or both. Mm-hmm. In what ways have you seen God present in this journey or what have you most learned in this whole journey? <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot. Yes. Um, a lot of I've, patience, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not a patient person at all. Um, I would say... God has opened my eyes um, and been, I would say both and, right? Been there and opened my eyes um, to so many of more of like the injustices of the world. Mm. Um, whereas that like maybe I was blind to before. Um, and I think it has given me a ton more empathy 
um, for kids from hard places, for parents from hard places, mm -hmm. um, and just all people in general. Um, I don't think that was there before. Um, I, and so that has helped a ton with like with my professional life, with my parenting, um, and just you know living life with people. Um, I think I have way more empathy um, than I did before, and that's truly um, God's grace. And just kind of understanding that um, that God has a plan for and trust um, that God has a plan for what we are doing. Mm -hmm. um, I truly like. The other three unifying, reunifying with their mother was the best and hardest thing in the world. Mm. Um, and so... Because how long were they? They were with you a year and, and a half. half. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you developed really close yes. relationships um, with them. And it was truly the best thing for them and for us. Mm -hmm. um, but it was extremely hard. Yeah. It's really, really hard to invest in something that you know is going away. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so... Trying to... like, But like we wouldn't have these three then. And so yeah. like there's like beautiful beauty that comes from <laughs> train crashes, I don't know, like yeah. um, and disasters. And so learning to trust in that and being able to sit with that and know that it is the right thing mm -hmm. um, has been something that has helped me since. Yeah. Um, and Mark too. Are you allowed to have any contacts with the first three or? Yeah, okay. Um, okay. it's kind of, um, been semi in mom's court um so the mm -hmm. ball's been in mom's court for the an extent of time um but yeah we have contacted quite a bit we went felt like no contact for a while um and then things like the spring all of a sudden we were talking all the time mm -hmm. um now things have kind of gone away again um i've been very very conscious about how it makes my forever three feel right um because i don't want ever one of them to feel um replaced or like they are replacing right. or um, like a second tier yeah yeah, yeah. um and so we weren't the first choice yeah and i never ever want them to feel that way um and so just a very conscious effort of like this is a time where we're going to talk yeah. where i am by myself mm -hmm. um and things like that so we know that they're safe and they're healthy and they are loved um mm -hmm. and that is really all we wanted for them um, yeah. and so it's been really really awesome and wonderful to be able to cheer on um their mom yeah and two, like, that's one of those things, like, there's so many circumstances, I think, in discipling anyone where we just have to surrender the outcome because we don't get to know right. what happens in a person's life. Yep. Like, so often in Christian life, we plant seeds and then we are, we're yeah. not there to see yeah. the harvest. Mm -hmm. And we never know when that happens or if that happens or how it happens it's not up to us to do the harvesting. And that's got to be infinitely more hard in a case like this where they were your kids for a year and a half. Yes. And you've planted these seeds and now you're just like, go yes. forth. This is in God's hands now. Yes. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I would say fostering is one of the most rewarding and hardest things that yeah. you can do in the world. Um, but it doesn't take special people. It just takes <laughs> a random person, an average human. Yeah. Um, this this foster mom that I like really want to be when I grow up on Instagram. I'm obsessed with her. Um, but she always says that she's a subpar mom running on grace. And I mm. was like, ooh. Yeah. It's a spiritual yummy. I liked it. Yeah. Well, and kind of coming back to the fostering thing, like who is who can foster? Literally anyone. 
<laughs> um, so it depends, obviously, like, I mean, you can go through different agencies and whatever else, um, but you just need to be someone that's open um, and have a place for a child. Um, so you can, and you can be like pretty specific too, which is kind of cool. Like if you only want to foster teens um, mm-hmm. or if you only want to foster infants um, or anywhere in between, um, there's a huge need for siblings mm. um, because they're obviously harder to place. And there's a huge need for kids older than 12. Yeah. Um, I do know that for a fact. Um, so anybody can foster and it's incredible. And you can also do things like only do, um, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of the word, um, respite. So like they're only here for like oh, uh, weekends or okay. emergency pullouts, mm-hmm. um, or you can do long-term foster care. Like it's all over the place yeah. and what um, are open for you for options. But I would say if you're interested in fostering, I would love to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also so many other ways that you can get involved just by knowing a foster family and helping out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's with meals, um, babysitting. Um, I know I saw this post that like in the foster care community on Instagram, um, like when like, which is like a weird little facet of life in um, well, the world. There's all those kind oh, of weird communities yes. on Twitter and Instagram um, and stuff. But I know there's a, like a meme that was one of my, it was like, all I want for Christmas is, and it was like trauma-informed babysitter. <laughs> And I was like, yes. I mean, honestly, yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, like, obviously, we have wonderful people in our lives that have taken the time to do the research and talk to me about it um, and gone through those things. But I'm like, oh, like, if you can be involved in some way of helping and just, like, being with a family and, like, go doing life with. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're not called to foster, you're called everyone. Oh, gosh. We're, everyone's called to foster or be involved in foster care in some way. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, as Christians, we're called to be there for the widow and the orphan. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, a foster child may not be an orphan fully. Right. But in the moment, they kind of are because yeah. their parents are maybe not in a place where they're able to take care of them yep. in the way they need to be cared for. Um, and so, I mean, it's, you know, fostering is absolutely part of the biblical call for us to care for people. Yeah. 100%. Um, I had another question that I just thought of, but then it just slipped my mind. Oh, not a question, um, but just kind of to attest to the idea that anybody can foster. Um, I have a friend of mine who lives in Kansas City. She is, I think, a couple years younger than me, so I think she's probably in between our age. Um, and she is fostering as a single person. Like, mm-hmm. she's not married. She's She's just like, I... Haven't gotten married, and I want to be involved in kids' lives, but I'm not at a place where I can be a permanent parent. But mm-hmm. I can foster, and so now I know she's had, she had a, a foster infant um, for a few weeks or a couple months, and then went back to the parent, and then suddenly, just a few days ago, came the baby came back to her. Okay. And so I mean, it can be anyone. Yes. Yeah. Single, married. Um, you don't have to own a home. Because this wasn't on your radar at all before you and Mark got married, right? From what I no, no, we never experienced anybody that had yeah. done so. Yeah. Um, and so we just thought this is something that we want to do, um, and we're just gonna do it. Go, go for it. <laughs> I mean, to me, that to me that sounds like when Jesus calls disciples and says, "Put your nets down and come do this." That's that's what I'm hearing in you and Mark's story. Jesus kind of said, hey, come do this. And you just said, okay, we're putting our nets down. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Th- thank you. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark and uh, Mackenzie are two people that I am really grateful that we have in our congregation, and I hope you get the chance to meet them. Um, they have a bunch of children, as we've talked about. So they usually, if you're in our building, physically here, they're usually sitting in the far right section. If you're looking at the stage, mm-hmm. they're usually towards the front and the far right. Yes. Because most people in churches are creatures of habit and sit in the same place yes. every week. So that's where they are. You can find them there oftentimes. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to kind of conclude with to wrap up the conversation? No, I don't think so. Um, I think God has just played an instrumental part in Mark and I's relationship um, and in the lives of our kids. Um, and so we'd be more than more than happy to accept your prayers um, <laughs> as we go about um, the What are next... your biggest prayer needs? Oh, um, the start of the school year. Um, uh, yep. And just kind of transitioning back um, to different routines and things like that. Um, I'm going back to work after six months of being off because mm-hmm. um, I didn't go back after having Laney in February. And so um, So it's not just to... the kids going back to school. It's no, mommy yeah, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, mom's going back to school. Uh, and so just transitioning back to that, um, I think for bio parents, um, wherever they are, that they are cared for and loved mm-hmm. and know that. Um, and just kind of, I would guess, like, I guess just all, just pray for all the kids everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Because I can only help so many. Yeah. Yep. So well, thank you, Mackenzie, for joining yeah. us. Thank you, Mark, for all that you do for this congregation and for your children. And uh, thank you, viewers and listeners. Thank you for watching. And uh, I hope that this story was edifying. Um, and yeah, I, I know I learned a lot and I'm really encouraged by hearing how God is working in your lives. So well, thank you. Thanks for being here. And I hope you all have a wonderful day. Bye.